In this episode of Balancing the Christian Life, we talk about planning for next year. Welcome to Balancing the Christian Life. I'm Dr. Kenny Embry. We'll talk about being better Christians and people in the digital age. Let's go. So I'm driving from my in-laws' house in Atlanta. Dan and Kathy Petty used to live as little as half a mile away from my house in the Tampa area for many years. But in retirement, Dan has chosen the small town of Dawsonville, Georgia to call home. It's a nice town with an overcrowded outlet mall, and his house is becoming a great project for him. Dan loves house projects, and he's already remodeled the master bathroom and has more big plans coming up. Dan is just an excellent guy, and I'm proud to be related to him and the rest of the Petties. I've got about seven hours to think, though, and that's precious time indeed. Like many people, I'm not someone who gets into resolutions, but there are parts of my life that generally go well and parts that need work. A new year is a good time to start thinking about that. I have mentioned in the past the blessing the podcast has meant to me, but let me unpack that a little. I've met a lot of excellent people this way. You will undoubtedly think of some of the people I've interviewed, like Nikki Lee, Julie Adams, Jeremy DeHutt, Phil Robertson, Matt Basford, Edwin Crozier, Darren Gertis, Chris Emerson, and the list goes on and on. They've taught me about raising children, dealing with loss, being a godly man, being a godly woman, being joyful, leading with excellence, and being a Christian when it's hard. Their stories are certainly inspirations to me, and I'm grateful I spoke with them and many more. If you've missed those episodes, please go back and check them out. These are people, I think, make the people around them better by being who they are and doing what they do. They've also all become friends, and I met them because of the podcast. But there are a lot of other people I've met who haven't been on the podcast who have meant a great deal to me as well. Many of them are people I've met through the Facebook group, and that's really cool. Chris Kramer, Stephen Sarf, Janice McDonald, Tanya Warwick, and so many others are people I only know as text on a screen and faces on the internet. But that's much too simple a way of thinking about them. They are fellow Christians who have reached out to me as someone who has helped them or someone they enjoy listening to, and that's very cool. Because of the podcast, I've been able to ask questions I've had on my mind or help someone else who I knew would benefit from learning something new or meeting someone who was living a Christian life in a different way. After each episode, I almost always have a conversation with my folks about what they thought about the guest or how the essay landed. And one of the consistent comments from my dad has been how surprised he's been by how many thoughtful Christians are out there. Again, that's just cool. So yeah, I'm really proud of the podcast and what I've been able to accomplish with it so far. But this isn't the only thing that's made me proud in 2021. On a personal note, two of my four children are now in college and beginning to establish identities of their own. I've mentioned several times, they don't always make the same decisions I made, but I'm glad to see them trying things and seeing what works and what doesn't. It makes me a proud papa to watch them grow up and make lives of their own. Last year also helped me with my marriage. My wife and I continue to go out each Friday night, and that's been a very good thing. I think I even got the right Christmas present this year, which is very cool. As a Christian, I was much more active in my Bible study, largely thanks to Chris Emerson's Chapter a Day group I participate in with so many of you. It's been both fun and edifying to look through the Bible with so many other Christians. But I was also more financially generous than I have been in the past. I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, but to simply say, when I started measuring how much money I was giving away, I figured out I was giving away more to people and causes I thought were doing good work. I won't say how much, but I will say I was pleasantly surprised. 
I was also pleasantly surprised when I went back over my calendar and saw how many appointments were with other Christians to help them get something done. I helped several people with a podcast project or some other tech thing, and I was genuinely happy to be able to help. So this year has been pretty positive. But as I think about what I'd like to see going forward, I know I have my work cut out for me. In my classroom, we often talk about setting SMART goals. You may have heard about these before, but in case you haven't, SMART is an acronym that stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Based Goals. I like SMART goals for a variety of reasons. First, it forces you to take complex ideas and break them down into manageable chunks. It's one thing to say, you want to be a better Christian next year, but what does that mean? Do you want to learn more? Well, if you do, then how will you know if you have? Do you want to measure how much more time you spend reading or thinking about the Bible? Or do you want to start a Bible study during the week? Again, how will you define what it means to be a better Christian and start taking specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based steps to make that happen? Another thing that I like about SMART goals is they don't have to take much time at any one point, but help you see how doing something consistently for short periods of time can help you gain a skill or a habit that can help you accomplish something big later. The cliche for this is, the only way to eat an elephant is a bite at a time. It's easy to be overwhelmed by big goals unless you start breaking them down and knocking the smaller actions out one at a time. A third thing that I like about SMART goals is they help you define failure. I've spoken about failure a lot on the podcast, and I'm somebody who is a big proponent of it. Don't get me wrong, I hate to fail just like everybody else does, but I also have to admit I learn far more from my failure than I do my successes. For example, it's been eye-opening for me to see what episodes of the podcast are popular and which don't get as much attention. I hesitate to call these failures so much as learning experiences, but I can't deny there are some people who identify with some topics more than others, and it's been an interesting exercise to see what lands and what doesn't. If SMART goals sounds like New Year's resolutions, that's fine with me. But I do want to set out some specific directions and goals I have for the podcast for this upcoming year. First, I'd like to talk to more of you about the parts of Christianity that may not get a lot of attention. The episodes that have meant a lot to me have been interviews where Christians talk about their struggles. Nathan Ward is a good example of this. He talked about how all Christians have to grapple with doubt. And I have to admit, as a guy in his early 50s, I don't remember hearing that brought up a lot growing up. I remember Edwin Crozier talking about grappling with parenting. Jeremy DeHutt talked about dealing with grief, and the list goes on. As of this recording, I've already interviewed B.J. Sipe about the problem of pornography. And I've got an interview lined up I'm very excited about, talking about Christians and mental health. In 2021, I talked about being wonderfully broken. And I plan to continue talking to others about how God fixes the broken parts and makes them stronger. That's very exciting to me. Second, I'd like to get more specific with my essays. If you've followed the podcast at all, you'll notice the essays all tend to be between 15 and 20 minutes, while the interviews are beginning to range between 40 and 60 minutes, and a few have gotten even longer than that. I've ended up doing the essays during times when I have more demands on my time like the ends of the semesters or during the holidays. I've written two essays during Thanksgiving about gratitude, and I like that. But I want to be more purposeful in those essays. To help me do that, 
I plan to listen to you more and see what's on your mind. Specifically, I'd like to meet with anybody interested in helping me with the podcast once a month and see what you think works and what doesn't. I've got a session planned for January 4th to do exactly that. So far, I've done a series on spiritual maturity and digital literacy, and frankly, I've loved both of those. In 2021, I recorded 34 episodes with interviews and 18 episodes of essays, which means almost two-thirds of the podcast's episodes are interviews, and I like that. I plan to keep doing that. One of the series I've been toying with has to do with digital discipleship. I've spoken a lot about digital discipleship, and frankly, I'm more excited about it now than ever. But I still think there's a misconception about both its potential and its limitations. I want to say clearly, I don't think, nor have I ever thought, online relationships replace face-to-face relationships. To be honest, I see relationships as the thing, and online communication or face-to-face communication is just channels. And yes, I think there are things you can only achieve when you are in the same room, but I still think there's a lot of good that can come from the digital tools. That's what I'm trying to promote. So for 2022, I want to be more specific about that. One of the series I'd love to put together would talk about the potential and limitations of online communication. Third, I want to help you more. I've already talked about the lectureship I'm planning for July. I plan to have two episodes about that specific thing in March, but let me give you a little of the thinking behind the lectureship. You probably know about several events, like the Florida College Lectures in February, or the Truth Lectures. Those are truly great events because they give people an opportunity to catch up with old friends and learn things they might not learn otherwise. The lectureship I have planned definitely has several speeches and workshops by many people who have been both guests on my podcast and many who haven't. Some truly important people to me, like Hal Hammonds, Mark McCrary, Chris Kramer, Nathan Cox, and Steve Wolfgang, have been doing a lot of work on this to make all of this come together and line up speakers. This won't be just one lecture, but several. As of right now, we have about 35 sessions planned, with most of the speakers lined up, and I anticipate that will probably change a little. The topics we have been throwing around include a series about digital discipleship and how to make stuff like websites, podcasts, streaming video, and so on, but also several sessions about leadership, and almost half the sessions centered on what we're calling practical Christianity, where we talk about prayer, grace, joy, and things like that. But good lectureships aren't just speaking events, but also social events, where you can talk to each other as well as listen to a speaker. So I've invested in some software where you can do exactly that. You'll be able to interact on bulletin boards, video chat, text chat, share contact information, and stuff like that. In other words, we'll have the tools to both listen to the lesson, but then to talk to each other about what we learned, share resources, and get to know each other in a more meaningful way. When I was talking to somebody about this, I said it was a proof of concept about doing a digital lectureship. Let me be clear. I'm not trying to compete with the in-person lectureships. I still love seeing people face-to-face, but I'm not thinking about this as a substitution, but a supplement. These will be speeches you can watch later, and you'll meet people you can likewise talk with later. And hopefully you can meet with them face-to-face at one of these other events. So yes, one of the big things will be the lectureship. But I also plan to work on the digital literacy book for the first half of 2022. So yeah, I plan to help you as much as I can. Finally, 
I plan to help the community help one another. As of a few days ago, I have just a little over a thousand people in my Facebook group, and I'm beyond grateful for that. The conversations we have in there have always been inspiring to me, and I still have yet to see any fighting. Yes, there have been some disagreements, but they have always been civil and helpful, and I'm grateful for that. So that's what I'm planning for 2022. About 30 more interviews, about 20 essays, a digital lectureship in July, and at least one book in the next year. So that's certainly specific, measurable, attainable, I hope, relevant, and time-based. Will I succeed with all that? I certainly plan to. I was thinking about that all the way home. What could I end up doing? Hopefully this time next year, you can check me. But don't wait until then. I'm telling you what I'm planning to do. Ask me about it. See how far I am. I appreciate you helping keep me accountable for this. So what about you? What are you planning for 2022? On January 1, I'm going to post in my online group what you have planned for the upcoming year. If you haven't joined my Facebook group, you're welcome to do that. Let me know what you have planned, and maybe we can all keep each other accountable. As for the good thing I'm thinking about, I'm thankful for you. God bless us all in this new year. Until next time, let's be good and do good.